Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Hello and welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. This is Melissa Freidenberg and today I'm going to be talking about teaching your child or teen the value of money. And I'm specifically going to be sharing three tips for teaching your children the value of money and really just gratitude for what they have, regardless of your financial situation. And I think it's so important to stress that everybody's coming from a different place of what they can afford and what lifestyle they're living. I understand that. So I do just want to say that it's all relative. What inspired this episode is my own feeling of like, how much do I spend on my kids? And also making sure that they appreciate what they have and instilling gratitude in them. Because if you come from a place of abundance versus worrying about what others have that you don't, it really sets a good money mindset into adulthood. And I see it all the time. People who worry about keeping up with the Joneses and worrying about what they don't have versus what they do have and being grateful. And it takes work, myself included. I still have to remind myself to be so grateful for everything that I have, not just financially, but you know, in my life in general. So I think by teaching kids gratitude for what they have, even if it's in material items, during this stage of development can pay off and really set up again, just a healthy money mindset as an adult. I still have moments of like, I want to buy things. And then I decide that I really can't afford or shouldn't use. I shouldn't allocate funds to those things and then feel sorry for myself for like a hot second. You know, it happened this past week. Here I am in Michigan watching everybody post their pictures of their toes in the sand somewhere. And yeah, I actually looked up flights last Friday when the kids got out of school to be like, YOLO, let's jump on a plane. And while I have the funds in my account to do that, just doesn't make sense. We just went away for midwinter break in February and you have to set limits on spending on certain things. It just would be crazy for me to spend money on that. There are so many other things coming up that I need to spend money on and it just didn't make sense. And not that I felt sorry for myself. Yeah, it's a want to be able to just go someplace warm right now when you live in Michigan at the end of March. So saying this from a place of like, I think everybody deals with it. So that leads me to tip number one, which is helping your child identify wants and needs. And that's not to say restricting things that are wants versus needs, but identifying it. So even when we go to a store, it's a question of we need to buy certain things, right? Obviously groceries, or if we need a poster board for a project at school, that would be a need 
helping them identify what is needed and what is just a want. And often I do this by making her pay for things that are wants. And it might be something little. I certainly treat her from time to time and things that she does not need. But I go through, you know, I usually, if we're in Target, I'll have a cart and I'm getting some groceries, some wants, some needs, some things that are definitely more of a want. But when she comes to me with her little carry basket, I'll have her sort the items and decide what goes in my cart and what stays in her carry basket. Things like snacks for school or things that are going in her lunch, deodorant, that kind of thing. Obviously those I put in my cart and pay for, but you know, the third lip gloss in the last six months, and they're all still usable. Like that is definitely a want. And I'll have her question because the best way to get your kid to question if they need it, or if it's something that's extra is asking them to pay for it. And sometimes I do just sweat it, make her sweat it out. Right. So like, I know I'm going to pay for it, but I'll have her carry it around in her basket and tell her she's paying for it. So, you know, again, helping them decide and really differentiate between wants and needs. And you may already do this. This may sound crazy, but I see people every day who cannot differentiate between things that are wants and needs, especially when they're trying to downsize their lifestyle. In the case of divorce or death of a spouse, I have people who you know can't stick to the income that's coming in and things like a cleaning lady they're accustomed to. And that really is considered a need to them. That is step number one, really, really important. And again, not restricting things that are wants versus needs, but making sure they can identify things that are wants versus needs. This actually brings me to tip number two, and that is letting them budget. Now, this can be done, as I mentioned, I will make Jackie decide if it's a want or a need, if it's a want, is she willing to spend her money? So she does get money from family uh, around birthdays or holidays. She's done some pet sitting and some babysitting, but for the most part, she gets money through allowance. And I do think it's important, you know, obviously the amount that you give them is up to you, but you don't give our kids a lot of allowance, but it does teach them to budget their own money. And it gives them room to fail in a safe space, especially, I mean, Jackie has failed at this. She has saved up money and then blown it all in one shopping trip. And she will start texting people that she's babysat for and asking if they need a sitter. Um, So she kind of learns that she needs to replenish that and pace herself or budget. It is basically practicing a budget when you give them an allowance and then make them pay for things. My son, JP, on the other hand, he mostly spends his money eating at Panera with his buddies um, and or on video games, like things that I would never spend my money on. Giving them some spending autonomy now where there's parameters where they really can't fail as far as getting into credit card debt or you know, not being able to pay rent in an apartment. It's a really good life lesson. And so that is my number two tip to allow them to make spending purchases. Now, if you don't give them an allowance and maybe they're younger and they're not yet doing jobs for neighbors and such to earn money 
And, you know, we don't all come from a family that gives money at holidays. So the way that you can do this, and I think it's good to do this along with, even if you are giving an allowance, is to set boundaries on what your spending budget is for certain things. An example of this would be Jackie has her first formal coming up. She's in eighth grade. Due to COVID, they haven't had any of these dances for middle school in the last few years. So graduating from eighth grade, going off to high school, this is her first one. I have purchased, and it is on order, a dress, not a super expensive dress. I told her that she has to make sure that dress matches with her dress shoes that she already has. I also am setting expectations that if she wants to get her nails done, she's going to use her own money for that. I'm not going to have her hair blown out for a Brownell Middle School dance, okay? Like homecoming, prom, sure. She's pretty accepting of that. But I did hear a lot of like, well, these people are taking a limo to the formal. And, you know, this person's getting this done or doing that. Again, that goes back to feeling grateful, like get to go to this dance. My mom just bought me a new dress. I have money in my bank account from my allowance and odd jobs enough to pay for to get my nails done and really not focusing in on what other people are doing or having or how much their dress costs or they got new shoes or they're riding in a limo. None of that. So comes down to setting a budget, even if it's with your own money, saying, you know, I've got about $150 I'm going to spend on this event. So you can wear a dress that you already have and get new shoes, use shoes and a dress that you already have, but it's allowing them to make that decision. So that actually brings me to the final one, which is sharing your life experiences with them and leading by example. I will share with them that sometimes I find it really hard not to purchase things that are not reasonable, right? Or share sometimes about maybe when I went over budget on something or had regrets about a purchase and really just sharing that experience with them because it teaches them one, that you're human, that it's okay to sometimes make mistakes, but also really learn what that feels like. And sharing the examples, it may not be your own example. It may be the example of a friend or a family member who, you know, maybe never had limits set on what they could spend. And then when they went off on their own, they went into debt. You know, in our house, we give examples of how dad grew up because wasting food is one of his triggers where, or, you know, lunches that come home not eaten because he actually remembers being hungry. He was one of four boys raised in part by a single dad. And they would quite literally fight over the last bowl of cereal in the house. I wouldn't say that they were starving, but there were some lunches that consisted of a banana and a couple of stale Oreos. So when our kids complain or don't eat the packed lunch that they had because they were Cool Ranch Doritos instead of Nacho Doritos, doesn't sit well. Not to get too into the preaching of like, when I walked to school, I used to have to walk three miles uphill in the snow. But sharing those life examples, mine would be, and I share with Jackie all the time, how I got all these clothes and grandma would buy them for me. And then she would work late night home healthcare in in bad areas around where we grew up. 
so that she could pay for me to have these wants because she felt that she wanted to give that to me and how I really didn't appreciate it. But now I look back and I feel so bratty. Again, just sharing your experience with money and spending and gratitude from a very young age with my children. I would say things like, you know, when it's cold outside and I was tucking them in, like, we are so lucky to have these comfortable, warm beds. Again, not making them feel guilty, obviously age appropriate, but they need to know that not everybody has that. So leading by example, both in gratitude and things you're grateful for and being appreciative of things and voicing that to them, but also in sharing mistakes, regrets, things that you wish that they you know don't repeat and admitting that you're human and that you've made mistakes. This can do so much, uh, especially when dealing with teenagers. So by no means do I have this figured out. And as I already admitted, both myself and my kids have a case of the bratty sometimes, and they need to be reminded of just how lucky we are. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. And if you did, please share it with others who may find it helpful as well. As always, thank you so much for listening to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast, and I hope you're having a great week. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.